podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli Cultural Podcast. A podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening, and happy Thanksgiving to my fellow Canadians. As you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and not surprisingly, with the transfer window closing on October 5th, most Calcio podcasts released their transfer review episodes this week, which was great, but what I noticed is that everyone focused on the big stories, Tonali to Milan, Chiesa to Juve, Hakimi to Inter, and Inter's change in course, Osimhen to Napoli, Kumbula to Roma, and the whole Milik Dzeko saga, which we also covered on this podcast, and so on. Also, the club podcasts covered their respective clubs' windows, but outside of the top 7 clubs, there really wasn't a whole lot of coverage on the rest of the league. So, since we're in the middle of an international break, I figured I would dedicate this episode to the Mercato. We're going to talk about all 20 clubs, and I'll provide a grade to each. And like I said, the big clubs got a decent amount of coverage, so I'll still go over them, but we'll do them last. In part 1, we'll start with the newly promoted clubs, and we'll cover the teams that finished at the bottom of the table in 2019-2020. In part 2, we'll cover last season's mid-table teams. And in part 3, we'll look at the top of the table. As you'll see, this episode will be fairly comprehensive, which is why it took me a bit longer to produce than usual. But with 20 clubs, I've probably missed the odd player here and there, so please don't hold that against me. Alright, so let's get started with Spezia, who are the final team to get promoted in Serie A after winning the Serie B promotion playoff. As is often the case with newly promoted clubs, they made a number of changes, with most players coming in on loan. Spezia did a fair bit of business with Atalanta and Cagliari. The easiest way to cover it all is to just go by position. In goal, Spezia brought in three keepers. Eurowin Hoet joins from PSV after spending last season on loan at FC Utrecht, where he made only seven appearances. Hoet left Spezia's match against Sassuolo and was replaced by veteran keeper Rafael. The 38-year-old joined on a free transfer. They also added even Providel from Empoli. At the back, Jacopo Sala joined on a free transfer after spending last season at Spal. Christian Dalorco joined on a loan from Sassuolo after spending last season on loan at Lecce. Former Juventus youth player Federico Mattiello joined on loan from Atalanta after he spent last season on loan at Cagliari. And Thomas Shabbat joined on loan from Sampdoria. Shabbat played eight matches for Sampdoria after he was purchased by them from FC Groningen post-restart. In the midfield, Kevin Agudelo joined on loan from Genoa. Nahuel Estevez joined on loan from Argentinian club Estudiantes. Alessandro Deola joined on loan from Cagliari after he spent last season on loan at Lecce. Tommaso Pobega was purchased by Milan after an excellent season with Pordenone last year. Milan then loaned him to Spezia. The 21-year-old might be Spezia's most impressive signing. And 18-year-old Lucien Agume joined on loan from Inter, where he made three substitute appearances last season. Up top, Roberto Piccoli joined on loan from Atalanta's Primavera squad. He played 16 minutes for Atalanta's senior team at the end of last season. Diego Farias joined on loan from Cagliari after spending last season on loan at Lecce. And Daniele Verde joined on loan from AEK Athens. 
On the outbound, a handful of players returned to their former clubs at the end of their loans. Simone Scuffet returned to Udinese, Federico Ricci returned to Sassuolo, and Luigi Vitale, Antonio Di Gaudio, and Antonino Ragusa all returned to Hellas Verona. Sven Aaron Gudjonsson was also loaned out to Danish side Odense Bolt Club, and finally Mbala and Zola returned to Trapani, but then came back to Spezia after Trapani were expelled from Serie C for financial reasons, which automatically releases all of their players and staff. I'm going to give Spezia a 5.5 out of 10. While they made many changes, few of the incoming players have much experience in Serie A, and the ones that do are coming from clubs who were just relegated, so that doesn't bode too well for them. I don't think they did enough in the market to survive their first season in the top flight. Crotone finished in second in Serie B last season. Like Spezia, they made a number of changes in the hope of surviving as well. Crotone focused primarily on the midfield where they added 8 players. Milos Vucic joined from Red Star Belgrade in the Serbian Superliga where he made 21 appearances last season. 34-year-old Luca Cigarini joined on a free transfer after spending the last 3 seasons with Cagliari. Eduardo Henrique joined on a loan from Sporting in the Portuguese League. Andrea Rispoli and Jacopo Petricone were both acquired from Lecce. 18-year-old Luis Rojas joined from Club Universidad de Chile, and Crotone became the last club to loan Pedro Pereira from Benfica. Since buying him from Sampdoria, Benfica have loaned Pereira to a different club almost every year. He played two seasons at Genoa, then last year he played for Bristol City in the championship. Finally, Arkadouj Reca joined on loan from Atalanta after spending last season on loan at Spal. At the back, Lisandro Magalan joined on loan from Ajax after spending last season on loan at Alaves in La Liga. Kofi Gigi joined on loan from Torino. He failed to become a regular starter at Torino, making only 17 appearances in each of the last two seasons. And if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that Sebastiano Luperto joined Crotone on loan from Napoli, who are simply too deep at center back for Luperto to get any playing time. In the attack, Emmanuel Riviere joined on a free transfer after an excellent season in Serie B with Cosenza. He's the most intriguing signing for me. Riviere scored 13 goals and assisted 3 in 31 appearances last season, which is pretty impressive for a Cosenza side that narrowly avoided relegation. He scored in his first match for Crotone, but hasn't played since. Dennis Dragis joined on loan from Standard Liege in the Belgian Jupiler League, and Lucas Siligardi joined on loan from Parma, where he spent the last three seasons. On the outbound, 36-year-old Maxi Lopez and Andrea Barberis were not renewed, and like Spezia, a number of players returned to their former clubs at the end of their loans. Marco Jankovic returned to Spal, Samuel Armentero returned to Benevento, before being released, and Alberto Gerbo returned to Ascoli. Marcos Curado returned to Genoa, who then loaned him to Frosinone. 20-year-old Gabriele Bellotti returned to Milan, who then loaned him to Alessandria and Serici, and Guillaume Gigliotti is now with Chievo Verona. Like Spezia, I don't think Crotone did enough in the market to survive in Serie A. Pretty much all of the players they bought are in the second tier, which is understandable given their budget. If the first few matches are any indication, Crotone are going to concede a lot of goals this year, and unfortunately I don't think Luperto is going to help with that, so I'm going to give Crotone a 5.5 out of 10 as well. Of the three promoted clubs, Benevento have improved the most, especially in the attack. They added Gianluca Caprari on loan from Sampdoria. He's already scored two goals in three matches. Gianluca Lapadula was acquired from Genoa after spending last season on loan at Lecce, where he scored 11 goals in 25 appearances. And Diago Falque joined on loan from Torino. 
he could be very useful if he can stay healthy. He missed most of the first half of last season with a hamstring injury before joining Genoa for the second half of the season. Benevento also made some pretty shrewd signings to add some experienced Serie A players. Camille Glick returned to Serie A after spending the last four seasons with Monaco in Ligue 1. Artur Yonita was acquired from Cagliari. He'll provide a reliable body in the midfield. He made at least 34 appearances in each of his last three seasons with Cagliari. A player that's looked really good in his first few matches of the season is Brian Dabo, who was acquired from Fiorentina. He didn't play the first half of last season, but featured regularly for a spell in the second half. Finally, Benevento signed a young left-back named Dom Foulom, who comes from Waslan Beveren in the Belgian League. On the outbound, Benevento released Massimo Coda, who's since joined Lecce and Serie B. I like Coda, but with the additions of Caprari and Lapadula, I can see why he was released. I was surprised to see that Benevento loaned Oliver Kreigel to Ascoli in Serie B. I thought he had an excellent season last year, scoring 5 goals and assisting 8 in only 27 appearances. I was also somewhat surprised to see Benevento loan Luca Ante to Pescara. He made only 17 appearances last season, but he does have Serie A experience from his time with Sassuolo. Midfielder Dejan Vokic joins Ante at Pescara on loan as well, but for different reasons, the 24-year-old is likely going to get some competitive playing time. And Benevento released right-back Bright Giamfi, who didn't play much last season. I thought this was a really impressive window. A number of Benevento's new signings have been thrown into Inzaghi's starting 11 and appear to be doing quite well. Of all the promotion clubs, I think they are the only ones that will survive. So I'm going to give Benevento a 7.5 out of 10. So those are the newly promoted clubs. The Serie A team to come closest to relegation without actually being relegated last season was Genoa. Genoa were very busy this summer. They added a number of players, some of who are household names and some who are not. At the back, Davide Zappacosta returned to Serie A on loan from Chelsea. Luca Pellegrini joined on loan from Juventus after spending the last two seasons at Cagliari. Genoa also added Lennart Sisbora on loan from Atalanta. Atalanta acquired Sisbora from Dutch club Heracles Almelo, but he made only one substitute appearance for Atalanta after that. And on the very last day of the window, Genoa signed Mattia Bani on loan from Bologna with an obligation to buy. In the midfield, Miha Zac joined on a season-long loan from Fenerbahce, and Milan Badel was acquired from Lazio after spending last season on loan at Fiorentina. actually don't like that signing very much. He played himself out of Fiorentina starting 11 last season. In the attack, Marco Piaccia joined on loan from Juventus. I think he will be an important player for Genoa this year with Goran Pandev getting older. Genoa's big signing was Eldor Shomurodov, who they acquired for a reported fee of 9 million euros, including bonuses. He joined from the Russian Premier League, where he scored 11 goals and assisted 7 in 28 appearances for FK Rostov. Gianluca Scamacca joined on loan from Sassuolo. He was very good on loan at Ascoli last season, scoring 9 goals in 33 appearances. And in goal, Genoa replaced their third keeper, Salvatore Icazzo, who was released at the end of his contract with Alberto Paleari. Paleari played for Cittadella last season on loan. He finished tied in third with Simone Scuffet for most clean sheets in Serie B last season. Genoa also brought in some young talent on loan deals. 21-year-old Filippo Melagoni joined from Atalanta. 21-year-old Joel Asoro joined from Swansea. And 19-year-old Darian Malez joined on loan from Inter about a week and a half after Inter acquired him from the Swiss Super League. The question for Genoa will be, did they bring in enough talent to replace the talent they lost? Because quite a few key players departed this summer. 
At the back, Christian Romero returned to Juventus before being loaned to Atalanta, and Adama Sumaoro returned to Lille at the end of his loan. In the attack, Antonio Sanabria returned to Real Betis at the end of his loan, Andrea Pinamonti returned to Inter at the end of his, and Andrea Favilli was loaned to Hellas Verona. Antonio Barreca returned to Monaco before being loaned to Fiorentina for the season, and Filippo Giagello was loaned to Brescia after making only 11 appearances last season. While I like quite a few of the players Genoa brought in, they were not able to retain some pretty key players. Granted, some of that was out of their control, like Pinamonti returning to Inter, and for that reason, I'll give Genoa a 6 out of 10. Up next is Torino. Like Genoa, I'm not convinced that Torino did enough to replace the talent that left the club. At the back, Ricardo Rodriguez returned to Italy. He was acquired from Milan after spending the second half of last season on loan at PSV, where he made only six appearances. Torino added three players from Sampdoria. Carol Linetti was purchased for 7.5 million euros plus bonuses, and Federico Bonazzoli and Nicola Muru joined on season-long loans. Torino also added two players from outside of Italy. Right-back Merglim Voivoda was acquired from Standard Liege in Belgium, and midfielder Amr Goyak joined on loan from Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia. So that's who Torino added. Now here's who they lost. Winger Alex Berenguer was sold to Athletic Bilbao for about 12 million euros, which is good business financially, but still an important loss. Iago Falque was loaned to Benevento for the season. And in defense, right-back Ola Aina joined Fulham on a season-long loan. Center-back Kofi Gigi joined Crotone on loan, and right-back Lorenzo del Silvestri signed with Bologna after his contract expired. A few of Torino's young players departed the club as well. 22-year-old striker Manuel De Luca was sold to Chievo in Serie B. 21-year-old Vitali Damascan was loaned to RKC Walwick in the Eredivisie, and 20-year-old Nicola Rauti was loaned to Palermo in Serie C. Finally, Torino appointed Marco Giampaolo as coach, I thought he was going to be a good fit and that Bellotti and Bonazzoli would benefit from his attack-minded style, but we have yet to see that impact. Like Genoa, I like the players that Torino brought in, but they too lost some key players, so I'm going to give them a 6 out of 10 as well. Next up is Sampdoria. Sampdoria didn't bring in too many players in the summer. Their flashy signing was the loan with obligation to buy Antonio Candreva from Inter. Kitabalde returned to Serie A after playing for Monaco in Ligue 1 last season. I feel like he's been around forever, but he's still only 25 years old. He had a good season with Monaco, scoring 4 goals and assisting 4 in 21 appearances with a shortened season. He also added 4 goals in the Coupe de France. 31-year-old midfielder Adrian Silva joined on a Bosman after spending the last season and a half with Monaco as well. 20-year-old Mikel Damsgaard was another interesting signing. He was acquired from FC Nordiland in the Danish Superligaen, where he scored 8 and assisted 4 last season. And one move I was a little surprised about was goalkeeper Carlo Latitza, who joined on loan from Club Bruges. He allowed 29 goals in 10 appearances on loan with Spal last season. On the outbound, we mentioned that Linetti, Bonazzoli, and Muru joined Torino. Rolando Vieira was loaned to Verona, which was fine because Valerio Vera returned from Verona after his loan expired. Julian Shabbat was loaned to Spezia for the season. And 23-year-old right-back Fabio De Paolo was loaned to Atalanta after making 29 appearances for Sampdoria last season. A couple of players dropped down to the lower divisions. Keeper Andreas Sekulin returned to Kievo at the end of his loan. 20-year-old Anjan Stejepovic was loaned to Alessandria in Serie C, and Leonardo Capezzi is now with Salernitana in Serie B. A couple of players dropped down to lower divisions. Keeper Andreas Sekulin returned to Kievo at the end of his loan. 
20-year-old Anya Stajepovic was loaned to Alessandria in Serie C, and Leonardo Capezzi is now with Salernitana in Serie B. Finally, 21-year-old Gonzalo Maroni returned to Boca Juniors in Argentina at the end of his loan. I thought this was a pretty good transfer window for Sampdoria. They didn't lose too much, but let's be honest, they don't have much to lose, so I will give Samp a 6.5 as well. We'll close part 1 with Cagliari. Other than Diego Godin, who eventually signed after a dramatic transfer saga, Cagliari seemed determined to add youth to their squad. At the back, 20-year-old Gabriela Zappa joined on loan from Pescara, and 21-year-old Alessandro Tipadelli was acquired from Sassuolo. In the midfield, 24-year-old Razvan Marin joined from PSV on loan with obligation to buy for around 10 million euros plus bonuses, and 20-year-old Matteo Tramoni was acquired from Ligue 2 side AC Ayasio. Up top, 21-year-old Ricardo Sotil joined on a season-long loan from Fiorentina, and as we know, Adam Unis joined late in the transfer window from Napoli. I'm curious to see how Unis fits in. If De Francesco keeps the 4-4-1-1, then I would expect either Marco Rogue or Razvan Marin to drop to the bench, Nahitan Nandez to play more centrally, and Unis to play out on the left. Alternatively, De Francesco could change formation. If he uses a 4-3-3, then Unis and Sotil can slide up to the wings, and Nandez, Rog, and Marin can remain in the midfield, but that would mean only one of Giovanni Simeone and Jao Pedro could start up top, or if De Francesco wants to be more aggressive, he could use a 4-2-3-1 so that Simeone, Jao Pedro, Unas, and Sotil can all play, but again, one of Marco Rog and Razvan Marin would have to come out. Finally, 18-year-old Zito Luvumbo joined from Primero de Agosto in Angola. A number of players returned from loans as well, Keeper Guglielmo Vicario returns from Perugia, right back Simone Pina returns from Empoli, and midfielder Philippe Braderich returns from Celta Vigo. We've already covered most of the departures. Federico Matiello, Diego Farias, and Alessandro Daiola are now with Spezia, and Artur Ionita was sold to Benevento. The two big losses for Cagliari, though, were Luca Pellegrini and Raja Ningolan. We mentioned that Pellegrini returned to Juve before joining Genoa on loan. After some speculation that Ningolan would renew, he returned to Inter at the end of his loan. The two biggest losses for Cagliari, though, were Luca Pellegrini and Raja Ningolan. We mentioned that Pellegrini returned to Juve before joining Genoa on loan. After some speculation that Ningolan would renew, he returned to Inter at the end of his loan. I really like what Cagliari are doing. They retained their top talent and added a number of young players to develop who could either make it into the starting 11 or be sold for profit so I will give Cagliari a 6.5. That will do for part 1. In part 2, we'll cover the middle of the table. start part 2 with the team that finished in 13th place last season, which is Udinese. Udinese made quite a few moves with its sister club Watford. Both clubs are owned by the Pozzo family. Gerard Delofeu, who was linked to Napoli, joined on loan. Roberto Pereira returned to Udinese in a roundabout way. Udinese originally brought him to Italy from River Plate, 
before selling him to Juventus in 2014 on loan with option to buy. In 2016, Juventus sold Pereira to Watford, where he spent the last four seasons, and now with Watford being relegated, he has returned to Udinese. Ignacio Pusetto also returned to Udinese on loan after he moved to Watford in the January transfer window. Finally, another ex-Watford player, Fernando Foristieri, returned to Udinese on a Bosman after five campaigns with Sheffield Wednesday in the championship. A few players moved in the opposite direction from Udinese to Watford. Stipe Perica returned from a loan at Belgian club Muscron. He was subsequently transferred to Watford along with William Trustekong. Ken Sema also returned to Watford at the end of his loan. Udinese also brought in some young players from outside of Italy. 22-year-old midfielder Jean-Victor Makengo was acquired from Nice. 22-year-old right-back Nahuel Molina signed on a free transfer from Argentina. And 24-year-old Thomas Uijan joined on a season-long loan from AZ Alkmaar in the Dutch Eredivisie. Tolge Arslan joined on a free transfer from Turkey. After playing regularly with Besiktas for two seasons, he was sold to Fenerbahce where his playing time was limited. The only player to join Udinese from an Italian club was Kevin Bonifazi, who joined on loan from Spal. A few players returned to Udinese at the end of their loans. I mentioned Simone Scuffet was tied for third most clean sheets in Serie B last season. He returned from Spezia, and midfielder Mamadou Koulibaly also returned from a loan in Serie B. He played for Trapani last season. Besides Perica and Sema, the only player to depart Udinese was my favorite Udinese player, Seko Fofana who was sold to RC Lenz for 10 million euros. I really wasn't impressed with this transfer window for Udinese. Not too many owners have two clubs in different leagues. It seemed the Pozzo family were basically moving Watford's best players over to Udinese since Watford were relegated. They claim their goal is to get Watford back into the Premier League as quickly as possible, but that's not going to be easy when they send off players like Gerard Delfeu. While it probably made sense to sell Fofana for financial reasons, he has been an important part of that Udinese midfield, so I'm going to give Udinese a 5 out of 10 for this window. Bologna finished in 12th place last season. They elected to go with continuity over change, making the fewest moves of any club in the bottom half of the table. I mentioned earlier that Lorenzo De Silvestri signed with Bologna after his contract with Torino expired. 20-year-old winger Emmanuel Vignato returned from his loan at Kevo Verona, where he accumulated 5 goals and 3 assists in 32 appearances last season. We also mentioned on a previous episode that Bologna signed 18-year-old left-back Aaron Hickey from Scotland. A couple of relative unknowns also returned from loan. Arturo Calabresi returned from French side Amiens. Nahuan Paz returned from loan after getting almost no time with Bologna in the first half of the season. He then moved to Lecce for the second half of the season and he was a regular starter there. And 21-year-old midfielder Kingsley Michael returned from a loan at Cremonese. On the outbound, we mentioned Mattia Bani joined Genoa on loan, and Ladislav Krejci also departed joining Sparta Prague on a Bosman. I'm not opposed to the continuity approach with top clubs like Lazio did last season or even Sassuolo this season, and I think Bologna have a decent squad with a decent amount of depth, but at the end of the day, this squad finished in 12th place last season, so I can't see them being anything other than a mid-table team again this season. I do have them finishing two positions higher than they did last season, but that's more because I think Verona and Parma have gotten worse, and not because I think Bologna have improved. For that reason, I'm going to give Bologna a 5.5 out of 10. Speaking of Parma, they too were not very active in the transfer market, in large part due to the change in ownership that occurred with just over two weeks remaining in the window. Parma is definitely a team that I have dropping in the table. In my season preview, I had Parma finishing in 13th, but looking at their transfer window, I think that might have been a bit generous. 
New owner Kyle Krause said that the club wants to focus on youth, which is a very risky strategy for a team that could be fighting for a survival. Let me start with the players who left the club. The most important departure, of course, was Dejan Kulusevski, who signed with Juventus in January, but remained with Parma on loan until the end of the 2019-20 campaign. We mentioned that Gianluca Caprari is now with Benevento. Goalkeeper Jonet Radud returned to Inter, and Matteo Darmian joined him on loan with obligation to buy. Centre-back Castro Dermacu was loaned to Lecce. Winger Luca Siligardi was loaned to Crotone, and midfielder Antonio Barilla signed with Monza in Serie B. So that's a lot of talent exiting the club. Now here's who Parma added. 19-year-old midfielder Simon Som from FC Zurich for 6.5 million euros. 20-year-old midfielder Valentin Mihaila from Belgian club CSU Craiova for about 8.5 million euros. 21-year-old centre-back Lautaro Valenti from Argentinian club Lanus for about 8 million euros. And 26-year-old centre-back Jordan Osorio from FC Porto for about 4 million euros. Parma also loaned 20-year-old Hans Nicolusi Caviglia from Juventus after he spent last season at Perugia, and 25-year-old Willian Cyprian from French club Nice. So Kraus kept his word, he definitely brought in young players, and you have to give him a lot of credit. He spent about 30 million euros in the window, which is pretty significant considering he paid 90 million euros for a 90% stake of the club. The question becomes whether new coach Fabio Liberani can get enough out of these youngsters to stay up, if it works out, Parma will look like geniuses, but I think there's a significant chance it does not work out, so I'm going to give Parma a 5 out of 10. Fiorentina finished in 10th place last season, and like Napoli, they got started with their transfer moves in January. Of course, the big sale was Chiesa to Juventus. This was a really interesting sale. Juventus got favorable terms with a 2-year loan plus obligation to buy, but Fiorentina got a favorable price for a player that has huge potential, but hasn't actually achieved anything yet. Former Napoli player Jose Callejon was signed on a Bosman to fill the void. I'm sure that's just a short-term solution to buy Fiorentina time to find someone long-term. Besides selling Chiesa, Fiorentina didn't have too much to do this summer. In 2019, they signed Polirola from Sassuolo on a loan with obligation to buy. In January, they loaned Christian Kuwame with option to buy and they purchased Sofian Amrabat, but loaned him back to Verona for the balance of the season. Cristiano Biraghi, Ricardo Saponara, and lesser-known Valentin Iserek all returned from their loans at Inter, Genoa, and Verona, respectively. And early in the transfer window, Fiorentina signed Giacomo Bonaventura and Borja Valero on free transfers. Other than that, Fiorentina added Antonio Barreca on loan from Monaco after he spent last season on loan at Genoa. On the outbound, a number of players on loan at Fiorentina returned to their former clubs, including Milan Badel, Rashid Getzal, Kevin Agudelo, Dalbert, and Rafik Zaknini. Fiorentina also loaned a few players out. Kevin Prince Boateng returned from his loan at Besiktas and has since signed with Monza and Serie B, and Marco Benassi and Federico Ceccherini have been loaned to Hellas Verona. In short, Fiorentina signed Bonaventura, Borja Valero, and Callejon all on free transfers and sold Chiesa for 60 million euros during a pandemic. Bonaventura has looked really good already. I'd say that's a pretty successful transfer window, so I'll give Fiorentina a 7.5 out of 10. So that brings us to 9th place Hellas Verona. I want to start with their departures because Verona cashed in on some players that were key to their success last season. We just mentioned Sofian Amrabat was sold to Fiorentina in January. He was one of the best midfielders in the league last season. We know that Amir Rachmani was also sold in January to Napoli, of course. And we knew that Marash Kumbula would be sold. He seemed destined for either Lazio or Inter, but surprisingly landed at Roma. Rachmani and Kumbula were key parts of Verona's staunch backline. 
before the COVID stoppage. A couple of players who were less important to Verona's success also departed. Marius Stupinski was loaned to Lecce and center-back Salvatore Bocchetti was loaned to Pescara. Both of those clubs are in Serie B. Finally, a number of players returned to their former clubs at the end of their loan spells. We mentioned Valentin Isarek returned to Fiorentina. Matteo Pessina and goalkeeper Boris Radunovic returned to Atalanta. Valerio Vera returned to Sampdoria and Claude Ajapong returned to Sassuolo. Now, you do have to give Verona credit for bringing in a number of players. Their final move was arguably their biggest. Veteran striker Nikola Kalinic was acquired from Atletico Madrid after spending last season on loan at Roma. Adrian Tamez was purchased from French club Nice and has looked pretty good so far. I think he'll be pretty important for Verona this season. Antonin Barak joined on loan from Udinese. He's another very good signing. We mentioned Benassi and Ceccherini joined on loan from Fiorentina. Centre-back Mert Setin was included in the deal with Roma for Kumbula. Another centre-back, Giacobo Magnani, joined on loan from Sassuolo. And Andrea Favilli joined on loan from Genoa. Ronaldo Vieira joined on loan from Sampdoria. And 19-year-old Ivan Ilic was loaned from Manchester City's youth squad. Verona also made a few acquisitions outside of Italy. 22-year-old midfielder Kevin Rouge was purchased from Swiss club FC Zurich, where he made 28 appearances last season. 18-year-old centre-back Bruno Amione was purchased from Argentinian club Belgrano. And keeper Ivor Pandur was purchased from Croatian side HNK Rijeka. Despite making so many moves, I still think Verona are going to take a significant dip in the table. Not to the point where they're fighting for relegation, but I do think they'll be in the bottom half of the table. I'm not fooled by their two wins. One was a forfeit and the other was against a pretty terrible Udinese side who had chance after chance but couldn't score. Verona also lost to a pretty weak Parma side. Now that could be because Verona made so many changes that they have essentially a new squad that still needs to gel and learn Ivan Juric's system. There are some experts who have Verona doing well with the players that they brought in. While I think that the quality of the squad has weakened, smaller clubs do need to sell their stars for financial reasons, so I don't blame them for selling the players they did. So for that reason, I'm going to give Verona a 7 out of 10. Next, we have Sassuolo, who are not very active at all, and understandably so after the season they just had. Sassuolo brought in three players, all from outside of Italy. 21-year-old winger Nicolas Capacase was purchased from Atletico Madrid's B-team. 22-year-old midfielder Maxime Lopez joined on loan from Marseille. And 25-year-old centre-back Khan Eihan was purchased from Fortuna Dusseldorf in the Bundesliga. Federico Ricci returns from a loan at Spezia where he scored 3 goals and assisted 3 in 28 appearances last season. On the outbound, Alessandro Tipadelli was sold to Cagliari. Christian Dallorco returned from his loan at Lecce and was subsequently loaned to Spezia. And a few players returned from loans only to be loaned back to Serie B clubs. Marco Sala and Leonardo Cernicola were loaned to Spal and Nicolas Pierini was loaned to Ascoli. Sometimes the best moves are the ones that you don't make. Sassuolo retained all of their key players. I doubt they'll be able to hold on to Manuel Locatelli beyond this season. I was also convinced that they would sell Jeremy Boga, whether to Napoli or to someone else, but he stayed put. He hasn't played yet though. But by not making too many moves, Sassuolo have put themselves in a position to have another strong season. Unfortunately, with so many strong clubs this season, I don't think they'll qualify for the Europa League. So I'm going to give Sassuolo a 6.5 out of 10. We'll close part 2 with Napoli, but since we already covered Napoli's transfers in detail last episode, I'm going to just quickly recap the changes here. Of course, the big signing was Victor Osiman from Lille. Napoli paid $50 million in cash, $20 million in players, including Carnetsis and three Primavera players, and up to $10 million in bonuses. 
Amir Rahmani and Andrea Patania were purchased in January but loaned back to their respective clubs, and Timeua Bakayoko joined on a dry loan from Chelsea. On the outbound, Adam Unes returned from his loan at Nice in August because Liga cancelled its season. He was then loaned out to Cagliari. Amin Yunus was loaned to Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. Amato Cicciretti returns from his loan at Empoli and was subsequently loaned to Kevo Verona. Callejon's contract expired and was not renewed. Alan was sold to Everton. And Sebastiano Luperto was loaned to Crotone. As I said last episode, I think Napoli could have done better on the outbound with Milik, Llorente, Gulam, and Kusai not being sold, but I think a lot of that has to do with COVID, and I'm totally fine with not selling Koulibaly or Maximovic, so I gave Napoli an 8 out of 10. So that will do for part 2, in part 3 we'll cover the top of the table. The final part will cover the top 6 teams from last season starting with Milan. It's crazy to think that only 6 or 7 months ago we were counting down the days until Maldini was fired and Ragnik hired. In a way Pioli with the help of Ibrahimovic saved Maldini's job by playing so well after the restart, so in that context it's not terribly surprising that Pioli still has his job. Maldini has proven that he's a very good technical director. Milan won the race for Sandro Tonali when not too many people knew they were in the race in the first place. Tonali signed on loan for 10 million euros with an option to buy for an additional 10 million plus up to 15 million in add-ons. Zlatan Ibrahimovic renewed his contract for a year. He may not run as much these days but he takes care of his body, he can still score goals and he's just as valuable off the pitch maybe even more so than he is on it. Milan have an excellent balance of players at different stages in their careers. This window they added some very good young players. In addition to Tonali, Brahim Diaz also appears to be a good signing. The 21-year-old joined on loan from Real Madrid and has already made some meaningful contributions. 20-year-old right-back Pierre Kalulu joined from Lyon's B-team and 20-year-old Jens Petter Hoj was purchased from Norwegian side FK Bodo Glimt. Finally, Milan added veteran keeper Cyprian Tatarusanu from Lyon to replace Asmir Begovic who returned to Bournemouth at the end of his loan. Milan also did well to offload some players, we mentioned that Bonaventura was not renewed and signed with Fiorentina, Milan also sold Lucas Paqueta to Lyon for about 20 million euros and Milan get a percentage of future sales, that's huge for a player that never really lived up to expectations at Milan. Lucas Bilia was not renewed and 21 year old Tommaso Pobega was loaned to Spezia. I think just on the Tonali signing alone you have to consider this a successful window for Milan, but the other transfers were pretty impressive too, so I'm going to give Milan an 8 out of 10 as well. Roma finished in 5th place last season, like Parma they were acquired by an American this summer, though the Friedkin purchase happened in August and was the culmination of a 10 month long negotiation. Roma don't currently have a sporting director so the transfer market was being overseen by the son of the owner Ryan Friedkin and CEO Guido Fienga. Fienga was not able to do anything for the final 11 days of the transfer market after he was suspended for a few months after the issue with Mamadou Diawara being placed on the wrong list ahead of Roma's match against Verona. That didn't really change much though as two intermediaries Mario Giuffrida and Paolo Busardo, did all the negotiating for Roma. 
Considering Roma's financial situation, they actually did a really good job. They signed Pedro on a free transfer. He showed against Udinese that he has the quality to make a difference. Rick Karsdorp returned from his loan spell at Feyenoord. Like Milan with Tonali, Roma came out of nowhere to purchase Marash Kumbula from Hellas Verona, and they managed to lower the price by including Mert Setin in the deal. A couple of days before the end of the window, Roma agreed to loan Borja Mayoral from Real Madrid. He's an excellent young striker from La Liga. And literally in the final hours of the window, Roma were able to close the deal on Chris Smalling. On the outbound, Roma were desperate to sell players to generate cash. Other than Eden Zeko, who they were not able to sell because they couldn't reach an agreement with Napoli for Arkadish Milik, I think Roma were successful in shedding players. They sold Patrick Schick to Bayer Leverkusen for 26.5 million euros plus 10% of a future sale, and Alexander Kolarov was sold to Inter. A number of players were loaned out as well. Cengiz Under, who was long linked to Napoli, ended up joining Leicester City. Alessio Riccardi, who was also rumored to be included in the swap deal with Under for Milik, was loaned to Pescara and Serie B. Justin Kluivert joined RB Leipzig, and Alessandro Florenzi returned from Valencia and was subsequently loaned to PSG. All in all, I thought this was a very good window for Roma. All of a sudden, Roma are stacked at the back with Kumbula and Smalling joining Gianluca Mancini and Roger Ibanez. However, while Antonio Mirante has looked decent, I do have concerns with Roma's keeper situation, especially with the money they spent on Paolo Lopez. And I think Roma really could have used the money from selling Zeko. While they will benefit from what he does on the field, it's not going to be easy to get that kind of money for a 34-year-old. So for those reasons, I'm going to give Roma a 7 out of 10. Next up is the other Roman club, Lazio. There was a lot of talk at the end of last season about Lazio's lack of squad depth. Lazio really struggled with a condensed schedule after the restart and went from competing for the Scudetto to finishing comfortably in 4th place. That was enough to qualify for the Champions League, which was Lazio's original goal. Of course, when you play in the Champions League, there are stretches where you're playing every 3 or 4 days, so Laziali knew that their club needed to add more players. And though Claudio Lotito is not known for being a big spender, the expectation was that he would open up his wallet knowing that Lazio are guaranteed higher revenue just for participating in the Champions League. Lotito did spend, but unfortunately this window will be remembered more for the players that Lazio didn't sign than for the players that they did. The big story for Laziali this summer was David Silva. All the big transfer reporters Fabrizio Romano, Di Marzio, and consequently everyone else were reporting that David Silva had agreed to terms with Lazio. Then at the very last minute, Silva shocked everyone and moved to Real Sociedad on a two-year loan instead. Lazio were furious. Sporting director Ili Tare was quoted as saying he has respect for Silva as a player, but not as a man. Then, with Inter changing course and focusing on experience rather than youth, Lazio became the frontrunners to sign Verona's star centre-back Marash Kumbula, but once again Lazio had the rug pulled out from under their feet. As we just mentioned, Kumbula unexpectedly signed with Lazio's biggest rivals, Roma. That said, Lazio did bring in some reinforcements. Lazio's big purchase was Vedat Muriki from Turkish club Fenerbahce for 17.5 million euros, plus 2.5 million in potential bonuses. The Kosovan striker is coming off two massive seasons in the Turkish Superliga. In 2018-19, he scored 17 goals and assisted 8 in 34 appearances for Sekor Rispor. Then last season, he scored 15 and assisted 6 in 32 appearances for Fenerbahce. He's 1.94 meters tall, which is 6 foot 4 for our North American listeners, so he's a big body that can play alongside Chiro Immobile in Inzaghi's 3-5-2 and adds a different dimension to Lazio's attack by providing an aerial threat. 
Unfortunately, Muriki contracted coronavirus just before he joined the club, so he has yet to make his debut for Lazio. However, he is expected to be fit to play after the international break. The other big purchase Lazio made was Mohamed Fares, who joins from Spal for about 8 million euros. This is a bit of a risky investment. The 24-year-old midfielder made only 8 appearances last season. Fares tore his ACL before the start of last season, which kept him out of the first 24 matches of the year. Then he missed another 6 matches with thigh problems. So 8 million euros might seem a bit pricey, but prior to the injury, Fares was set to join Inted for about 12 million euros. So you can also look at this price as a 33% discount. Perhaps the biggest name that Lazio signed was Andreas Pereira, who joined on a season-long loan from Manchester United. The 24-year-old attacking midfielder will be hoping a change in scenery can turn his fortunes a little bit. He hasn't produced at the rate that was expected of him in the last few seasons at United. Last season, he scored only once and assisted three times in 25 appearances. The other big name that Lazio brought in is keeper Pepe Reina, who joined on a free transfer. The 38-year-old will back up Thomas Strakosha, and I'm certain this deal was done because of his experience in European competition. During his time with Milan, Napoli, Liverpool, Villarreal, and Barcelona, Reyna has made about 150 appearances in European Cup matches, be it the Champions League, the Europa League, or the UEFA Cup. Lazio brought in a few lesser-known players as well. Midfielder Gonzalo Escalante signed on a free transfer after spending the last few seasons at Ibar in La Liga. Centre-back Wesley Holt joined on a season-long loan from Southampton and will provide some much-needed depth at that position. And midfielder Jean-Daniel Akpa-Akpro was purchased from Lotito's other club, Salernitana, in Serie B. A couple of players returned from loans as well. Riza Dermisi spent half of last season on loan to Nice in Ligue 1. And midfielder Sofiane Kiyin returned from Serie B after an excellent season with Salernitana, scoring 10 goals and assisting 3. On the outbound, Lazio chose not to renew a few players including Wallace, Ricardo Kishna, and Milan Badel. Ballon Berisha was sold to Stad Rennes in France for 5 million euros, and a few players were loaned out. Jordan Lukaku returned to Belgium on a loan with Antwerp FC. I like this move, I'm not a big fan of Lukaku, he struggled to stay fit and I just don't like his attitude. Joni was loaned to Osasuna in La Liga. Bobby Adincania also went to Spain on loan, he joined newly promoted Cadiz. And a couple of players were loaned to Salernitana, including Andre Anderson. At the end of the day, I don't think this was as bad of a transfer window for Lazio as some might think. I think Muriki has the potential to have a very good season, and I think some of the depth pieces will allow Immobile, Luis Alberto, and Sergei Milinkovic-Savic to rest a bit more, particularly against the weaker sides and in the early rounds of the Coppa Italia so that they can be fresh for the Champions League. That said, it wasn't a great window either, not being able to buy that big name like David Silva or Marash Kumbula, so I will give Lazio a 6.5 out of 10. So we're down to the final three clubs now, starting with Atalanta, who have excellent scouts and never fail to impress in the transfer market. Atalanta made a couple of big purchases. 24-year-old Alexei Miranchuk was purchased from Lokomotiv Moscow for 14.5 million euros. Miranchuk scored 12 goals and assisted 5 in 27 appearances last season. He also added two goals against Juventus in the Champions League as well, and he got off to a good start this season in Russia, which started in August, scoring twice and assisting once in four appearances before picking up a hamstring injury and then signing with Atalanta. Miranchuk is expected to be the heir to Josip Ilicic. Atalanta also purchased Sam Lemaris from PSV for 9 million euros plus 2 million in bonuses. He missed most of last season after having knee surgery, but this guy knows how to score. In 16-17, he scored 17 goals and assisted 4 for PSV. 
1718, he scored 11, assisted 4 for PSV again. And in 1819, he scored 16 and assisted 5 for Hirnveen. We also got a taste of what he can do this season. He scored a beautiful goal in Atalanta's 5-2 win over Benevento. The move that made a lot of people raise an eyebrow was the purchase of Juventus Primavera player Simona Muratore, who Atalanta paid 7 million euros to acquire, only to loan him to Reggiana for the season. Atalanta also made a couple of impressive loan deals. Centre-back Christian Romero joins from Juventus on a two-year loan with option to buy, and right-back Cristiano Piccini joined on loan from Valencia. Ladea also loaned a couple of relative unknowns. Right-back Fabio De Pauli joined from Sampdoria, and left-back Johan Mojica joined from Girona in the Spanish Segunda. Finally, Atalanta have a ton of players that returned from loans, many of whom have been re-loaned to other clubs, but a few stayed with the club. Matteo Pessina returned from Hellas Verona, 21-year-old striker Marco Tuminello returned from Pescara and Serie B. Goalkeepers Boris Radunovic and Marco Karneski returned from Hellas Verona and Trapani respectively, and a few youngsters returned as well. On the outbound, Atalanta made a couple of nice sales. Timothy Castagna sold to Leicester City for about £18 million, and 18-year-old Ahmad Diallo Traore, who we used to call Ahmad Traore, but actually prefers Ahmad Diallo, is set for a January move to Manchester United for a whopping £37 million. Atalanta loaned a few players out as well. Again, Atalanta have so many players that I'll just name a couple. 20-year-old winger Ebri Macaulay and 21-year-old Lennart Sisbora joined Hellas Verona. 21-year-old midfielder Filippo Melegoni joined Genoa. 21-year-old midfielder Andrea Colpani joined Monza in Serie B. And Arkadiusz Reca joined Crotone. It's hard to not be impressed with Atalanta's transfer market. They own so many young players that it's no wonder they're able to produce so many stars. They also have an amazing scouting system which has paid dividends time and time again. So I'm going to give Atalanta a 7.5 out of 10. But with the caveat that we often don't know how good their transfer market is until the end of the season. The runners up last season were Inter. Inter had a very interesting transfer window to say the least. Inter's transfer window started out really well, buying Ashraf Hakimi for 40 million euros from Real Madrid. Hakimi will play at right wing back, which is why Antonio Candreva was loaned out to Sampdoria. Inter were also the front runners to sign both Sandro Tonali and Marash Kumbula, but after a meeting of the top brass at the club, Inter changed its approach and shifted focus to more experienced players. They claimed this was because they couldn't afford those players, which makes no sense. I'm more inclined to say it's because they want to win now, perhaps even at the expense of the next few years. That said, Inter really didn't spend a whole lot after buying Hakimi. 34-year-old Alexander Kolarov was purchased from Roma for 1.5 million euros. 33-year-old Arturo Vidal was purchased from Barcelona for about 1 million euros. And 30-year-old Matteo Darmian joined on loan from Parma with obligation to buy for 2.5 million euros. Inter brought back some senior players at the end of their loans as well. 31-year-old Ivan Perisic returned from Bayern Munich, and 32-year-old Raja Ningolan returned from Cagliari. A couple of young players returned as well, including 23-year-old keeper Jonat Radu, who returned from Parma, and 21-year-old Andrea Pinamonti, who had an excellent season with Genoa. On the outbound, Diego Godin and Borja Valero were not renewed. They landed with Cagliari and Fiorentina, respectively. A few players were loaned out. Dalbert joined Stad Ren. João Mario returned from Locomotive Moscow and was loaned to Sporting in Portugal. Eddie Salcedo returned from Genoa and was loaned to Hellas Verona. Sebastiano Esposito was loaned to Spal in Serie B. And Samuele Longo joined newly promoted Ajana in Serie B. 
Finally, Cristiano Biraghi returned to Fiorentina at the end of his loan, and Victor Moses returned to Chelsea at the end of his. At the end of the day, Inter really didn't make too many changes, nor did they really need to with the quality of players they have in their squad. They added quite a bit of depth in the midfield, and they're in good shape up top with Lukaku, Lautaro, Alexis Sanchez, and now Pinamonti. And at the back, they retained Stefan de Vrij and Milan Skriniar. I suppose the one position they could have improved is the goalkeeper, as Samir Handanovic appears to be on the decline, but I will give Inter a 7.5 out of 10. So that brings us to the final team, Juventus of course. I'm not going to spend too much time on Juve because I think by now you're probably up to speed on their moves. The big story for the champions this summer was not really transfer related, but rather the appointment of Andrea Pirlo as manager. Considering Juve's financial situation, they managed to pull off quite a few moves. Like Napoli and Fiorentina, Juve started working on their squad before the summer transfer window. In January, Juve purchased Dejan Kulusevski from Parma, but loaned him back for the balance of the season. Before the end of the season, they swapped Miralem Pjanic for Barcelona's Artur. In the summer, Juve purchased American Weston McKinney from Schalke, which came out of nowhere. Juve were very quiet on that purchase. Alvaro Morata was purchased after Juve were unable to sign Adek Milik, Edin Dzeko, or Luis Suarez. And as we spoke about in part 2, Federico Keza was a big purchase on the final day of the window. I'll be very curious to see how Keza fits into Pirlo's system. A lot of people criticize Beppe Iacchini for using Keza out of position as a wingback. Meanwhile, Pirlo has been using a 3-5-2 with Ronaldo and one other player, whether it's Kulusevski or Morata or Dybala in the attacking duo. We've seen Kulusevski play at right wing back, which would be Keza's position as well. If Keza plays beside Ronaldo, then Dybala and Morata would have to sit, at least in this formation. Perhaps Pirlo can convert Keza to a left wing back, so he can cut in on his right foot, or another option would be to change the formation altogether. On the outbound, Blaise Matuidi and Gonzalo Higuain joined Inter Miami on free transfers, Simone Muratore and Christian Romero were sold to Atalanta, and Juve completed a number of loans, Daniele Rugani joined Stade Rennes and Mattia De Cilio joined Lyon in France, Douglas Costa joined Bayern Munich, Luca Pellegrini and Marco Piaccia were loaned to Genoa, and Hans Nicolucci Caviglia is now with Parma. Like Inter, Juve has so much quality in their squad that they really didn't need to make too many moves. If anything, their focus this window was on the finances, which I think they were successful in controlling. So with that, I will give Juve a 7 out of 10. So that will do for this transfer special episode of the Forza Napoli Calcio podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti 5, or you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Forza Napoli Pod. We'll be back later in the week, hopefully with a decision on Juve Napoli and to look ahead to Napoli Atalanta. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre! Yamba, 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 yamba
Social Podcast Network.